Welcome to season three of Arise Esther, a podcast for today's women of faith. I'm your host, Dawn Damon, and I get to speak to some of the most resilient women alive who, like Esther of old, step up with courage to face trials head on and triumph. Now we're here to help you do the same. So turn it up, Esther. This is your moment. Good to be with all of you modern day Esthers once again. I'm Dawn Damon, your host, and my guest today has a master's degree in clinical psychology. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist and the president and owner of Healing the Mind and Spirit, located in Santa Clarita Valley. She provides psychotherapy sessions and services to couples and family and individuals, adolescents, children. And she also provides coaching services that cover Boy, a whole variety of topics from creative blocks and nutritional problems, women's issues. But don't let this fool you. All this education, she's also an amazing writer and author. She holds her bachelor's degree in journalism with an emphasis in broadcasting. So happy to have and will you please welcome my guest today, Tracy Terrace. Hey, Tracy. Hi, Don. Thanks for having me here. <laughs> Absolutely. Looking forward to it. You are an incredible author. In fact, you've just written a book called Many Voices, One Truth. I can't wait to hear more about that because you you kind of have an expertise in relationships. You're a relationship therapist. So mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about yourself and about your new book. Okay, well, um, as you said, my name is Tracy, and I live in a, a small town in Los Angeles County uh, here in California, but I grew up in Louisiana. I was born in New Orleans and then grew up right outside of New Orleans in the suburbs and whatnot. Um, left home at 18 and uh, went to college and, and then grad school, and now I own a group private practice here in Southern California and uh, where we have a, me and a, a group of other therapists, we provide uh, psychotherapy to people who are hurting. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just recently released my book, Many Voices, One Truth. And it actually came about uh, during a, a family crisis. And um, it the idea came to me based on what it was I was thinking about and believing but I wrote the book for people who struggle with negative thoughts and beliefs of unworthiness that are not true. And, and so I, in the book, I, I talk about the broadcasting networks that are in our head, much like ABC, yeah. NBC, CBS, and PBS, the ones that we grew up with before there were like millions of channels. Um, I use the analogy of the voices of uh, self, Satan, society, and savior and how all of those voices compete for our attention. And so I, I teach the reader how to differentiate between all those different voices and turn some of them down so that they can turn up the voice of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, that is so powerful because you're exactly right. So true. All the traffic and all the noise that's in our head, especially in times of crisis, or family drama, marital, relational drama. And so what are you hoping as people read this? Well, say those S's again. I, I thought that was really great. Great. So Savior, mm -hmm. uh, Satan, mm -hmm. go ahead. Self, 
self and society. Self and so society. So self, society, and uh, savior. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm curious, what would the sound of each of those voices look like? For example, what would the self say? Would that be pity or victim? What would Satan say? Can you kind of elaborate a little bit? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I'd be interested in hearing that. <laughs> well, self um, can broadcast from both positive and negative places. So if you, you are telling yourself that are you're having thoughts that you're nothing, you're no good, that's probably coming from a part of you that, that lived that where that's your experience where someone either flat out told you that or gave you that communication about yourself. But if the self is broadcasting, you can do this, come on, you've got it or something like that. That could be, I call the self an affiliate of either the Satan or our God voice. Oh, that's um, so good. So de- yeah. Depending on what is coming to your mind at the time, it it's the affiliate that is being represented, whether from uh savior or uh, from Satan and the society voice um, is things that you're hearing coming into your mind that make you either uh, compare yourself, make you feel less than because you are comparing yourself, or it could be inspiring. Like the thing about the safe, the self and the Satan, they could broadcast either positive or net or negative, but Satan and God cannot Satan, the Satan voice only broadcast negative. And the savior voice can only broadcast positive. So Satan's voice might be something like, you know, rushing you, like, you know, demanding that you do something like God never demands. He commands, but he leaves it up to us. It's our free will. And we have free will with Satan, too. But he likes to um, make us feel like or think that he can override our free will, but he cannot do that. So. That's really powerful. So the satanic voice is kind of that, sometimes that voice that accelerates us into anxiety or action when we're not ready yet. It's pushing, it's pressure, it's it's yeah. dominion, trying to, to um, cause us to feel fearful or afraid, all those things. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Anytime you feel like you can't think it through or you have to act now. It's kind of like those commercials act now. And it's, it's that voice that's coming through. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so when readers get a hold of this book and they decide to read this book, what is your hope for what's the outcome that you'd like to see? That people would start believing what they read in the Bible. You know, like it's one of the most sorrowful things that I work with is just a beautiful soul coming in, uh, thinking and believing all this negativity, believing that they're not worth it, that they're not good enough, that either they're too much or not good enough or too little or whatever. And so in the book, I talk about um, who you are, who, according to what the Bible says, a holy nation chosen, you know, um, heir to, you know, your co-heirs with Christ. And you know, God says, I love you and never will I leave you nor forsake you. My hope is that just as people hear things from other people, whether it's coming from their past, you know, the self, whether it's coming from society through media or social media, or even coming through uh, Satan, 
and they just latch onto it and believe it. My hope is that they can train and teach themselves to latch onto and believe what God's saying, because God's word, you know, is the ultimate truth. I always say people don't necessarily have a problem with faith because, you know, we'll instantly believe something from the negative side without even thinking about it too much, but it takes work uh, to believe what God says. Like we doubt God quicker than we doubt uh, Satan. That's really insightful on your part. You're exactly right. We tend to gravitate towards the negative and believe that and just buy it, own it wholesale instead of, Mm -hmm. you know, questioning our assumption or is this voice really accurate? You know, so, so we should be submitting it to the authority of the word of God and asking Mm -hmm. God, is this really true? Is this what you would really say to me, Lord, Savior? Is this how you feel? So we talk a lot about God. You talk a lot about God in your book. What if someone gets a hold of this book and they're not a believer? Can it still help them? Absolutely. Because many of the techniques, it's, it's full of different techniques for calming yourself and you know, getting into a centered space. And many of the techniques come from something called cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a form of therapy I use in my practice. And uh, cognitive has to do with cognitions, like how you're thinking, how your brain is operating. And behavioral has to do with the behaviors you choose as a result of what it is you're thinking and as a result of how you're thinking. So it's training people to change their mind, like change what they're thinking about. And like you said, challenge what they are thinking about. Because the thing, the thing about how we gravitate towards the negative more easily, that's, that's kind of wired into our brain because there's a part of our brain called the amygdala and it's scanning for safety all the time. Am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe? So if we get a message or some kind of incoming information that we aren't safe, whether we're conscious of it or not, we just latch on to it. And so we've trained ourselves to latch on to the negative a long time ago because of safety reasons. But most of us are more safe than we were, you know, a thousand years ago or 2000 years ago sure. or whatever. And, um, and, but we still just kind of scan for that and latch into that. And so the techniques that you learn in the, in the book, you can train yourself to relax in that you know, to look around your environment, to see what is the incoming information, what's the incoming stimuli and talk to yourself. Even if you have to say something like, I'm safe, there, there is no danger here because some, some sound could have happened. You could have smelled something and it reminds you of a time when you weren't safe and your brain immediately wants you to go on alert, but you have to take control of that by, you know, taking some breaths and uh, centering yourself or talking to yourself, stating, I'm okay. This is a, I'm just sitting in my office. There's nothing happening here. So yeah. And even if you don't have, um, a faith system, you could definitely use the, uh, the tools that are mentioned in the book to reorganize your thinking, how you think, turn away certain negative patterns and cultivate more positive patterns of thinking. Yeah, I totally agree with all of what you just said. And I know I've experienced it in my own life as a survivor of childhood abuse. 
I had a lot of triggers and I didn't understand the nature of triggers. And so I was feeling threatened with this situation or that. I, I remember having a former boss who used to come to my desk and stand up over my desk, a very lovely man. And he was a very gracious boss, but I would get so enraged. I would be angry. I would be mad. I, I wanted to, I wanted to slug him, <laughs> which is, <laughs> and I would say to myself, what is it? Why do I feel so impatient with him? And then I realized it was the way he was standing over my desk and over me, I felt trapped and everything mm. inside of me was screaming safety, find safety. This feels threatening. So I had to talk to myself as well and say, you're safe today. You're not trapped. You have the free. Yeah. And then I did. I would begin to push my chair back and I would say, well, here, why don't we move over here and start to use yeah. my because I had learned all of these ways to just kind of hunker down, shrink, stay safe. And I had to question those assumptions. So yeah. I love the techniques that you're talking about. But you also had an experience or an event that kind of you alluded to it a little while ago that that created a reason why you wrote this book. Did do you personally did you personally have a situation where you had to say my thinking is just really running rampant here? Yeah, it's um my uh in 2011 uh one of my baby sisters, I have five sisters. And so I'm the eldest. So they're all baby sisters, I guess. But one of them, she was only 36 or 37 years old and she had a stroke and she was living in Texas at the time. And so three of us were here in California and one was in uh, Ohio. And so um, we went, the three of us that were here, we went back, we went to Texas to uh, take care of her. And at the time I was just rounding out my licensure pro uh, process. Cause you, you know, you have to study and get a, a license to practice in California. And so I had worked with a lot of agencies for families, like uh, special needs families and families that uh, might be struggling on the socioeconomic uh, scale. And part of that was getting services and putting services into place. And so when my sister was going through what she was going through, I immediately went to work, like trying to get, you know, benefits established for her because she lived alone, just her and her kid. And what that meant was going around standing in all these lines at these social services agencies, talking to nurses at the hospital to get things in place. But then I just started feeling just overwhelmed. I started feeling overwhelmed and I started feeling like I wanted to come back home to California to my the safety of my husband and my two kids and immediately started feeling guilty about that because I thought I should want to be here but I, what I wanted was to escape you know to safety and away from death and so what I realized was that when I was little my mom told me that I was going to die young she traced my a, a, a line on my palm and she said I was going to die young and that she would be devastated. So I had this fear in the back of my mind that I would die young. And so with my sister going through this at 36, 37 years old, that's young. You know, I kind of that fear bubbled up again. And so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to go home is because I was feeling that. But the guilt I would in wanting to go home eventually while, while I was there, I started having like suicidal thoughts 
and just thinking suicidal feelings and thinking, you know, you know, this is too much for me. So I called a friend of mine and she said, you know, uh, this has nothing to do with what's going on there. This has to do with what you believe about yourself. And so what she reminded me is I also always had this belief that I was going to go to hell because I had an aunt that said, you know, she would tell me I was evil. I was always um, had my own mind as a as a child and still, you know, but instead of that being celebrated, you know, by this uh, particular aunt, I was always told that you're evil and you're going to burn in hell. Mm -hmm. And so I thought my wanting to go home and not be there to help my sister was evil, even though I, I thought I had dealt with all of that. Like I'd been through all kinds of therapy, but God was using this situation to show me uh, 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 some of that belief is still there and you need to confront it, you know? And so I did, I, I um, went back to uh, helping my sister put some, what I could in place because I was going to come back. Like we had decided all three of us were there. The three of us that were there, we decided we would take turns coming back until she was fully healed, like giving two or three weeks of our time mm -hmm. to her each. And so I just, I kind of put that aside and, and did what I felt like I needed to do for my sister. Uh, I confess that I did not necessarily turn to God while I was there. I just stayed in work mode and, and got everything done and then came back home and fell apart where I felt like it was safe to fall apart with my, you know, husband and in my own home and things like that. So God allowed me to see that, but he also gave me the strength and the endurance to do what I needed to do for my sister and take care of what I needed to take care of when I, I got back. And that, and that just told me this is a, there is a need for this book because here you are about to be a licensed therapist. You've gone through all this therapy and you, you felt like all of this was over, but you know, a lot of thoughts and beliefs we have about ourselves can go so deep underground that we're not really focusing on it every day, but a crisis comes up and then, you know, it's revealed what's, what's deep down in our souls. Right. Yeah. You talk about that environment. You came out of your safe place, perhaps your familiar and your protected place. And then you had a crisis and then you had an unfamiliar place. And I'm sure that that just allowed that belief system that was still just a thread there. That's also a spiritual thing. When someone speaks over you or prophesies over you that we need to take authority over that and cut that and uproot that. And um, you talk about Satan, you know, there, there was that little thread there that his voice was still trying to, because if you believe that, look at how, had you followed those thoughts and that su those suicidal thoughts, look at how that would have become a self-fulfilling prophecy because yeah, of the power exactly. of what was spoken over you. So praise God exactly. that that got broken. What would you tell someone if they're listening to your story right now, which thank you so much for sharing that. And they're saying, you know what? Gosh, I'm not alone. Someone else, I have a belief system that I keep like whack-a-mole. I keep trying to pound it down and everything. There it is again. Pop. There it is again. Yeah. How, if they want to do this work, where would they start or what do they do? Well, they um, will start with prayer, like start everything with prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what aspect you need, what aspect of yourself you need to heal, you know, and more often than not, like when you were talking about how your boss would stand over you and you would feel uh, cornered, like each of us have a little Tracy or a little Dawn, you know, mm -hmm. that feels like that 
you know, they need to protect us, you know? And so when we're developing, when something uh, traumatic happens or some great grief occurs, we continue to grow. We continue to mature in a lot of ways, but a part of us gets stuck. You know, our development in that area could get stuck. And though we continue to develop in other areas, when we're put in a situation where um, a fear or a belief is coming, that's uh, that's that younger part of ourself, the part of us that's stuck, you know, coming forward. And so I would tell people to either start journaling and there's different journaling techniques you can do. You could um, have a, a dialogue where you write down the question and then what's the first answer that comes to you? Or you write down something, what's the first response that comes to you? I used to do that. I called it my Jesus journal where I would ask Christ a question or state something. And the first thing that would come to my mind, I would attribute it, you know, to him and I would put it in quotes. And I really believe that the Lord and I were discussing back and forth different things because I asked God to protect that place, protect that place for me. Don't let anything that is not of you, you know, deceive me in, you know, the whole masquerading as an angel of light thing. So that's, that's one form journaling or writing when you're journaling, writing with your non-dominant hand, because that's, that allows a younger side of yourself, you know, to, to speak what is not being spoken or what you've forgotten to speak or what you couldn't speak, you know, at the time. And then of course, um, going to therapy, like finding someone, you know, one thing, I don't know if this is all over the country, but here in California, if you're in college, whether you're in community college or a university, that's a public like California state university or something like that, you are entitled to six to eight therapy sessions. And this has been since, you know, before when I was in college, I didn't know about this in college, but if you're a college uh, woman, you know, check on your campus and see it. Be, you could be because that little health fee that you pay, it covers that, you know. So there's lots of things that women can do to, you know, just kind of look at that belief and ask, where did this come from? Why is this here? What is the evidence against this in my life right now? What is a different way I can think about this or perceive this? One of the things that helped me to survive that time was telling myself, you're not evil, you're not selfish. In fact, you're here to help your sister and you are going to come back later to help her, you know? So you have to talk to yourself and then talk with someone that's affirming for you. Yes, I Mm -hmm. think those things that you're just sharing are so incredibly important and we don't all do them. Sometimes we even know that that's the right thing to do, to question the assumptions, to do the journaling, to get centered, to talk to God. And yet it feels like we just run from those things and go deeper and deeper down. So if anyone listening to this interview right now is struggling in that way, I encourage you to just stop what you're doing and to employ some of those strategies, get that journal out, create that Jesus journal, get your pen in your non-dominant hand. Computers don't count in the, you have to use your <laughs> pen to paper here, but please be a student of yourself and ask God for the light to be turned on to give you that revelation. If somebody's going to go to the word of God, what would be a great scripture verse for them? when it comes to this mind and renewing the mind, maybe I'm giving it away, but what would, what verse? 
Um, well, one of my uh, favorite voice verses in uh, is in Jeremiah 33, 33. Yeah. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you things you do not know. And mm-hmm. so that's like, you know, things of God, things of nature and life in general. But it's also things about you. Like God knows you better than anyone because he created you. Like he has the manual on you. And so like asking him that, you know, and get ready, you know, because he will answer. Um, And so you can take that information and decide to believe it. You know, you can take that information and decide to like, look at it and examine it over time. But the important thing would be to believe what God says, you know, even if if it's hard for you, believe what he says or, or make that choice to, okay, I'm going to believe this. You know, another scripture, I forget the exact um, verse, but um, help, Lord, I believe, Lord, help me overcome my unbelief. You know, so it's like, I want to believe, but there's unbelief there. So you ask him to help you overcome mm-hmm. your unbelief. Yes, you're talking about a story in the gospels where the man Jesus says, do you believe I can heal your son? He says, yes, I believe, help my unbelief. And what a cry out to God. I love God's telephone number, Jeremiah 33, three, or say, this is God's telephone number. Call to me and I will answer. (laughs) Guess what? There's no voicemail on God's telephone number. He doesn't say, hey, (laughs) for Christian prayer, press one. It's like, thank you, God. It's beautiful. (laughs) And I like what you're saying too. Thank you, Tracy, for reminding us that believing is a choice, that mm-hmm. it, it, it goes beyond just what we feel. Some, well, I don't feel like this is true for me. Well, what does feelings really have to do with it? You choose to believe what God says. Yes. And yes. you choose to act on that. And maybe that's a fine line. I don't know, but I, I just employ my my will and to say I will I will take you at your word God even though everything else feels counterintuitive or like it's not true and I can have a confirmation bias in terms of evidence I can look at negative things and go see there's the evidence that it's not true but that's just mm-hmm. only because I'm looking for that but when yeah, I exactly. believe God and take him at his word kind of positions me to open my mind and my heart to say, oh, see, maybe look at there is God and he is at work in my life. And so, yeah, exactly. Good to remind us about that choice. Is that one of the tools? What's a great tool for thought management and hearing from the Savior? Is that going back to the journaling that you're talking about? Well, one of the, um, the, the tools that come to mind when, as you're talking about it, is something called a thought record. And the thought record, um, what it looks like is there's like different columns. There's event, feeling, thought. And so what I usually do is I let my clients know that there's nothing on the outside of you that can make you feel anything. It's what you think about what's going on on the outside. So we'll write an event in the event column and then we'll write, you know, I'll have them write how do they, how, what do they feel and to what intensity, zero to 100. And then I have them write, what did you think about that? And so what I show is, well, it's not, this isn't the thing that made you feel this, the event. It's what you're thinking about this event. So even though it's the third column, it really is the second column, but people are usually more aware of what they feel 
quicker than they're aware of what they're thinking. And so then I ask them, what is evidence for this thought you're having? You know, because sometimes there is evidence for it, but even when there is evidence, what is the evidence against it? Like what goes against saying that this is true? And so then now what is a more balanced thought? You know, and so like if this event happened and instead of thinking this, that made you feel 100% sad, if you thought this more balanced thought, how sad would you be? And so then we make another column for um, the intensity of that sadness. And a lot of times people will say zero. Sometimes they'll go down to 20, but 20% sad is way better than 100% sad. Mm. And so it's like I'm I'm teaching them to just really ask and investigate, you know, and, and, and that's, uh, I, I don't, in the book, I don't have it in that order, but I teach a lot to investigate what you're thinking. Don't think that, I mean, don't take at face value the thoughts that pop into your mind, unless it is something that you know is coming from the Lord. Yes. The book is called Many Voices, One Truth. I can't wait for our readers to get a hold of it. I'm going to ask you in just a minute where they can get it. But in closing, what would you say to someone who maybe they're uh, uh, doing these tools, using these tools, and they're still struggling? Could that be a sign that there's a deeper issue? Is there a psychological disorder? Or what would I would say? Yeah, I would say um, reach out to someone. Either you you could try like pastoral counseling. At first, if there's someone in your uh, uh, church body that you trust and that has wisdom in, you know, developmental areas, because a lot of the uh, ministers and ministers' wives these days will develop an understanding of the human being. Like I went in my cohort for clinical psychology, my master's program, there were three women that were women's ministries leaders. And just one of them was going to go on and get a license, but the other two were wanting to understand the human being. And so she was getting a master's, you know, degree in the human right. being, yes. you know, or uh, reach out for a therapist or a psychologist, someone who specializes in relationships and, and to help you figure out where did this thought or belief come from and why is it there? But whatever it is you learn from them, you have to apply it because getting information is just information. Understanding is just understanding until you put whatever it is you have learned into practice. And a lot of when you're doing CBT, cognitive behavioral type therapy, the thing that you're putting into practice is learning how to change your mind, learning how to choose the thoughts that you're going to have, whether you're letting negative thoughts run rampant, or you're going to look for that alternate uh, perception or look for the truth. And when Jesus said the truth will set you free, he I don't think he was just talking about you know, the fact that he's the savior, I think truth, sometimes truth hurts because it's hard to deal with, but it it does set you free. Like there's not anything you can do about the truth because it will always be the truth, you know? Yes. And I'm thinking of the scripture in Romans that tells us that we are renewed. We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so that transformation coming to us through the renewing of our mind, science is now caught up with the word of God as yes. science will prove to us that the brain 
can change. We can change the neurotransmit, the pathways. We can, we can become new in that regard. Trauma can be processed. And you're right. The event that happened is one thing, but the interpretation, the belief that we've received and therefore our operating system has been shaped by events. It can be unshaped. It can be changed. We can be transformed. Right. So where do they find your book? Well, you can find it on Amazon and it's in some uh, small Christian bookstores, you know, here and there. But if you go to Amazon and put in my name, Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y, Terrace, T-A-R-I-S, it'll pop up. It's my first book. So it'll pop up and then you can get it there. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm on Instagram at Tracy Terrace and then also at Healing the Mind and Spirit. If you happen to be listening and you're in California and you want to come in for some therapy, one of our, me or one of our therapists can help you. Um, we, because we do telehealth, we see people all over the state, but we also have offices. If you wanted to have in-person sessions, uh, you can look us up on the internet at Healing the Mind and Spirit. And yeah, come on in. <laughs> Wonderful. And I encourage anyone listening in the state of California or beyond, get the book make the call and discover freedom. Yes. Love having you on. Thank you so very much. We appreciate it. And congratulations on your fir- first book. And it <laughs> sounds incredible. So I'm going to keep reading it until I get all the way through. Thank you very much. And once again, Don Damon, your host, I have a question for all of you. Modern day Esters, is this your moment to arise? I hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. And hey, if you've not done so yet, why don't you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss another episode. Or you can visit us at AriseEster.com. And while you're there, make sure you join the movement. Visit us today to get connected. For more information about me, Dawn Damon, visit DawnDamon.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for a free breakthrough strategy session. Until we meet again, keep rising, this is your moment.